intersect in our service time this morning. So I want to let you know about them first so that you kind of have an idea what to expect. So first of all, we're going to be bringing our sermon series on the Psalms, which was called To Be Honest. Uh, We're bringing that series to a close. And in that series, we've been exploring the Psalms. We've been reading the Psalms together and using them as a model for how to get honest about various parts of our lives. And we've talked about honest thanksgiving and honest perspective and honest anger and honest confession and all of these ways that the Psalms lead us into uh, honesty about our feelings and our lives and the state of the world in front of God. The second thing is that since it's the last Sunday of the month, we're setting time aside to hear from people about how God has been working in their lives. And this is kind of a new, it's a new rhythm in our community. We're trying to do this at the end of every month. And we're calling this, this new rhythm Meeting the Neighbors. And so uh, each time we're going to try to introduce you to an old neighbor, a new neighbor, and a neighborhood kid. Now, I want to be really clear that old neighbors has nothing to do with people's age. Um, that's not what it's about. It's about how long you've been part of the, of the neighborhood here of our uh, congregation. So we're going to introduce you to someone who's been around for a while, someone who's pretty new with us, and, um, and a neighborhood kid, because I think I shouldn't be the only person who gets to know how great all of our kids are. Uh, So that's going to be fun. We're going to do that today. And the third thing is that it's our communion Sunday. And so after we've had a chance to get to know uh, some of our neighbors and hear stories of how God is at work, uh, then we're going to come to God's table together um, and celebrate what he's done for all of us. So if you are visiting with us, I just want to make a tiny disclaimer, and it's this. Um, On Most Sundays, we do have a normal sermon, and the pastors are very capable of preaching a sermon, (laughs) and we do that most times. But um, (laughs) we have found that it's very encouraging, very meaningful, very helpful for us uh, to get to hear from other people in the community about what's going on for them. So those are the three things you have to look forward to this morning. Um, Here's the introduction. A few weeks ago, uh, Tom was preaching about honest anger, and he put an excerpt in the bulletin from a book by Eugene Peterson, and it said in part, I'll read this for you, you might have it still, I don't know, anger is a most useful diagnostic tool. When anger erupts in us, it's a signal that something isn't working right. There's evil or incompetence or stupidity lurking about Diagnostically, it is virtually infallible. It's always right. And we learn to trust it. What anger fails to do, however, is tell us whether the wrong is outside or inside of us. We usually begin by assuming that the wrong is outside us. Our spouse or our child or our God has done something wrong and we're angry. But when we track the anger carefully, we often find it leads to a wrong within us, wrong information or wrong inadequate understanding or an underdeveloped heart. I pers- Okay, so now I'm not quoting the book. This is just me. I found that quote so compelling. 
<laughs> I read it over and over, and then I asked to borrow the book, which is about embracing the vocational call to be a pastor. Um, and I've been reading it really carefully over the last couple of weeks. And the thing that has been so rich and so helpful for me is Peterson's description of life, like regular, ordinary life, everybody's ordinary life being the soil or the stuff of discipleship. He talks about life being the thing that rubs up against us, that squeezes us and shapes us and makes us into who God wants us to be. About each person, he says, being on their own lifelong journey with God. And all of this minutia of life, you know, chores and company and kids and jobs and illnesses and pets and, you know, having to get the snow tires on again. All the minutiae, far from being a distraction from following God, is exactly where God is revealed to us. I don't know if this is exactly what Peterson intended, but what has happened for me is that since I read that, I find that I am seeing differently I've been taken with the beauty and the holiness of each individual life and the depths of spirituality and love of God that's being cultivated in each person as they go about their life. And the Psalms are reminding me of that every day when I sit down to read them and pray for you. Psalm 139 says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Think about God knowing every one of your days before you lived them. Psalm 16 says that, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup, and you have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance that God wants and gave you your particular life on purpose. That's what God has been doing in my life in the past few weeks, helping me appreciate all of you and your lives more and more. And so I feel really delighted to be meeting the neighbors today. (laughs) You know, I feel thrilled that you get to meet these three people with me. So to start things off, Kezia, do you want to come and join me up here at the table? Okay. Which chair do you want? You want to sit on this side? Okay. Hop up there. It's super high, right? Can you get up there? Uh oh. Woo. Okay. Perfect. Okay, I'm going to get you your microphone. Ooh, they're spinny and everything. I want this to be in your way. Oh, thanks, Tom. Do you want to hold it? Hold it in your hand. Hi. Say hi Hi. to everybody. Hi. Hi. All right. This is Kezia. And I have some questions to ask you, okay? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Kezia, oh, it is high. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to put it down now because I'm already up here. (laughs) That's going to be dangerous. Okay, Kezia, how old are you? Uh, Three. Three. But you're almost four, right? When is it your birthday? Um, 
December 8th. December 8th. You have to decide if you're going to switch to the other Sunday school class like Caleb, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you are three, almost four, do you go to school yet? No, not yet. So what do you do for fun all day? You don't know? What's your favorite thing to play? Toys. You like to play with toys? Do you have a favorite kind of toy? Hold this microphone right up tight on the black part. There you go. Um, Do you like crafts? Yeah? Like painting? (laughs) I painted a picture of a family and a tree house. A family and a tree house? That's awesome. Who's in your family? Darson. Darson is your brother. Yeah. Yeah. And. Well, that's. Brendan and (laughs) Kristen. And Brendan and Kristen, mom and dad. Excellent. That's so great. Okay. Now, Kezia, this is a bit of a harder question. Do you know how long you've gone to this church for? Uh, Hmm. No. But maybe, have you ever gone to a different church or always this one? Always this one. So maybe for three years you went to this church. That's great. What class are you in when you go to children's ministry? Um, Blue Llamas. The Blue Llamas class. That's good. It's happening right now. You are lucky that Kezia came here because she's missing her very good class, right? They're saving the good stuff for you. So here's another question. What's one thing that you really like about going to church? You like the Blue Llamas class? Yeah, I I can imagine that. And in the Blue Llamas class, what are you guys learning about right now? You're learning that God made what? God made the... What is it? God made what? The animals. The animals. Did he make the jungle animals? Yeah, and what other kinds? farm animals and the pets so great yeah every week in that class they've been trying you know, <laughs> next people who come up here don't put the microphone in your mouth okay okay um <clears throat> that's good they've been learning that god made the animals and they've been sorting out which animals are which and i think this week is uh farm animals yeah what are some animals that are on a farm Cows. And this, I'm going to tell you what's on Grandma's farm. Tell me what's on Grandma's Toby, farm. Toby, a dog, and he bothers the cows. And he bothers the cows. Uh-oh. That's, do you have any sheep on your farm? No. Before we had sheep. Yeah. But they, but the cows knocked over the grain. Okay. And they got sick because oh, they ate no. too much grain. And the mommy died because they ate too much Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, farm kids know more about life than other kids do. <laughs> wow. But, you know, today in your class in Blue Llamas, you're making a sheep. 
with cotton balls. So that's going to be really fun. So I have one more question. Are you ready for it? What is the best thing about God? What's the best thing you like about God? There's so many good things. There's so many good things. That is the perfect answer. I love that answer. Dad, I can't guess. Just can't guess. Just wait and see what happens. Thank you for coming to be interviewed. Can I put this microphone back over here? Okay, people are going to clap for you now, okay? Okay. Oh, that's nice. You did a really good job. Okay, I'm going to turn this around. There we go. Want to go to your class now? Okay. That was so high. I still feel that way. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Thanks, Kezia. That's great. Well, we're going to meet one of our new neighbors now while Kezia goes to make her sheep um, in class. And our new neighbor is Colleen Bailey. So, Colleen, do you want to come and join me up here? Yeah, show me how to shorten the chairs. Why don't I know this trick? What did you do? <laughs> well, this is going to be a funny podcast for everybody. Okay, thank you. Hey, look at me. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Here you go. Would you like some water? Okay. Not just for show. No, no, it's it's very useful. Okay. Uh, I'm so happy that you're here today. Thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, how you spend your days. Um, my questions are harder than Kezia's already. They are, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. How Can old you? are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> there you go. We'll stick with the ones we prepared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> old, older than I look. Um, I will say that. Uh, yeah, there's six people in our family. Right. So there's... Me, Colleen, and my husband, Brad. We've been married almost 15 years. I have an 8-year-old son, a 6-year-old son, a 3-year-old daughter, and a 1-year-old son. So exciting. Did you bring any of those people with you today? (laughs) (laughs) I thought at least two of them would be a distraction. Excellent. Okay. And so then, uh, what do you guys all spend your days doing? What are you doing with your time right now? Uh, I change a lot of diapers. Yeah. And I wipe a lot of bottoms. <laughs> That's kind of a hobby for me right now. Sure. How many, how many people can I help go to the bathroom? <laughs> That's great. The joys of parenthood. The joys of parenthood. Good. And you guys have been at uh, Erickson Covenant for a few months now. Is that right? Yes. We have lived in Creston for almost six months, and yeah. we have been here almost six months. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And so what brought you here to Creston and... Uh, and the church? That's a loaded question. <laughs> the short answer is that we think that God brought us here. At least we're extremely hopeful. That's what it is. Um, but ask me again in six months, and we'll, we'll see if we have a different answer. Um, so what happened was about six months, or almost a year ago, actually it was just before Christmas last year, Brad and I really just felt like God was laying upon our hearts to have a change Mm. and we had no idea what that looked like we just knew that something was coming and in hindsight I think something had been coming for a really Mm. long time yeah 
and we started to pray about it, and we went to our pastor and the elders of our church, and we asked them to pray with us, and immediately our pastor said, no, 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 no change is coming, no change is coming. That's right. Actually, mm-hmm. he was a really good friend, and he recommended we read a book called Just Do Something. So he actually gave us this book. This is how God just, he's so good at getting his message and his agenda across because John, he asked us to read this book called Just Do Something. And he said, this book is going to convince you to stay. (laughs) And within the first paragraph, I literally tossed the book on the side and I said, well, that does it. We're supposed to move. So it just convinced us and really taught us that life is about decisions and making decisions and we really have to own those decisions Mm -hmm. and I think that sometimes as Christians and especially for me because I grew up in a family of conservative procrastinators (laughs) that um (laughs) I don't know that denomination (laughs) yeah He's a very wise man who always said, you know, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? We're supposed to listen twice as much as we are to speak. And along with that, his attitude was pray twice as much before you make a decision. And that's totally fine. But I think I grew up over-spiritualizing decisions, being so afraid to do anything because what if it was the wrong thing? You know, I want to be in God's will so desperately that I almost take too long to make a decision because, you know, the fear that we were taught is if you make the wrong decision, there's no second chance, right? And I don't think that's really the way that God operates. So sometimes life is just about um, making a choice, believing that it's what God wants us to do at the moment, and he's going to make it clear if we need to change something. So we literally chose the spot on a map and moved. <laughs> well, that is not. So that's how we came to that Creston. That is not the strangest way that people have come to Creston. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's great. Um, now, this is a little bit of a broader question, but how did you come to love and follow Jesus? When I was six, um, we went for a family hike with cousins and grandparents. And we were walking up this mountain or hiking up this mountain. And in hindsight, it's probably more like a hill. could just be a path. I don't know. I haven't been back (laughs) since I was six. But my six-year-old memory, this was a mountain. And the cousins and the kids were all going ahead of the adults. And it was very much like be at the top. So really, in hindsight, it probably Probably was a little path. (laughs) But the cousins and the kids all ran ahead, and I was the youngest, and I ended up walking this path all by myself, not knowing that parents and grandparents were really probably only 10 feet behind. All I knew is I was lost. Mm. And I remember getting to a fork in the road, and this is my very first moment that I remember asking Jesus to help me make a decision, which way to go, Wow, up or down, or left or right, whatever it was. So that was my first moment of asking Jesus for help, and he helped me get to the top of the mountain. Wow. Now, that did not make me love him. No, I understand. (laughs) Or serve him. And then the following year, we we all took piano lessons, and our piano teacher, 
she was a fire and brimstone preacher. I did not learn how to play the piano, but I learned that when I was going to die, I was going to go to hell. She made that very, very clear. And if I wanted to be in heaven for eternity with my mom and dad and my brothers and sister, then I needed to accept Jesus into my heart. So I learned that lesson. And then I've spent the next, you know, decade learning how to love Jesus. Right. But I at least understood that I needed him. The seriousness of God. Okay. Oh, wow. What a good story. All of those. I mean, (laughs) the path one, that's the one I meant. Yeah, okay. Um, Oh, that's... That's cool. And it helps us remember and and just, like, know how significant events are in children's lives, right? Like, you're young in both of those stories. Yeah. So what's God been teaching you in this season of your life? I think the biggest thing that I've been learning is not to let my own insecurities affect my children. And I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of insecurities. But I know I'm their mom for a reason. I know Brad's my husband for a reason. I know we're here for a reason. But it's really easy to let my tiny little hang-ups affect the way that I parent and to affect the things that I allow my children to do. So, you know, I am super self-conscious about having people over to my house because it's always messy. So I'm just throwing that out there right now in case any of you ever come over. I'm just going to say it now. Do not expect the entrance to our house to be tidy or the rest of it. (laughs) And that's really good for me to say, right? Mm -hmm. Because I used to feel like I had to vacuum the stairs every day or make sure shoes are put away perfectly because what if somebody stopped by and judged me, you know, for not picking up my children's shoes when really I'm really a bad parent for not teaching my children to put their <laughs> shoes away. <laughs> but you know, I see my children now wanting to have play dates and my automatic response is, but your room is messy. Huh. So you cannot therefore have that child down the street oh, over because your room is messy. So I really have to stop and be like, mm. nope, that's my hang up. And you know what? A six-year-old boy is not judging another six-year-old boy for having Lego on the floor. No, or he gets maybe bonus points for <laughs> yeah, that, I think, does. in six-year-old Look boy economy. <laughs> okay, this is a very uh, funny little aside, but there was a woman at the craft sale last weekend who had a sign. Does anybody see this? It was like one of those very nicely painted wooden signs that said, I would walk across Lego for you. I thought that was a nice demonstration of love. Okay, that's powerful, Colleen, to have to be figuring out how to not let, I think we all need that, not let our own anxiety and hang-ups get in the way of what we're teaching and letting our kids do. Yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. 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 That's great. Well, I'm really, I'm really glad to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. The last question is easy. I think I asked them out of order. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. But, I can't um, remember. I, okay, good. So, uh, what is, is there something about Erickson Covenant that you've appreciated so far that's helped you guys decide we want to make this our home church? Uh, well, actually, before we even moved, after we bought our house, but before we actually came here, I did a little research online to see if there were any churches in Creston. 
because since we're moving away from family, like we literally left all our family to be here. Mm. We, or well, at least to me, it's really important to have a church family. Mm. And so I already had sort of narrowed it down, knew that Erickson Covenant could be a church that we could attend and try out. Um, and that's solely based on your website and Tom's blog. So that was so good, good, good web presence. Um, but actually, the, we had only been here for a couple of days, and we went out for lunch and started um, chatting with the people at the table next to us. And one of the first questions they asked was, well, have you found a church yet? Huh. And I thought, well, actually, we've only been here like three days. <laughs> and they said, well, we recommend Erickson Covenant. And I said, oh, they're on my list. <laughs> oh, that's great. And, yeah, so the next Sunday we came, and I really appreciated that four people came up to talk to me. <laughs> And they all started with D, which I really thought was great, too, because that <laughs> helped me remember. So we've just really appreciated that people have been very friendly. Good. Yeah. Good. That's so great. That Thank being you. said, no one has actually invited us for dinner yet, though. So, because you all know I'm not going to have you over to my house anytime soon. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but it's good you won't have to cook tonight, because three or four people are going to ask you now for sure. That's good. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing this. I'd love to pray for you. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Let's pray for Colleen. Father, I am so grateful for Colleen and Brad and their family. Uh, And I think what what a powerful story in the last year to have sort of to have received an invitation and freedom from you to say, let's do something. Let's make a move. And and trust you that you can work it out, even if even if we make a mistake. I think that's so powerful. And I pray that in the in the next little while, as they're getting their home ready and um, helping children go to the bathroom and all of the all of the things that are going on in the day to day life, uh, would you send your spirit over that family? Would you help this become? Uh, become a very important part of their story, Um, whether they're in Creston for a few years or for decades. uh, We pray that this would be a time when they grow together, when they grow with you, um, and when you continue to free them from any kind of little anxieties that might, uh, might get in the way. We pray for lots and lots of extra shoes in that front hallway as people drop by and a lot of laughter and and sharing and stories around the table. We pray all of those things in your name. Amen. All right. (laughs) That's right. I'll just... Perfect. There you go. Good job. Thanks. Awesome. (laughs) That was great. Um, And finally... Chuck Trescott, come on up here. Chuck has been at Erickson Covenant for a while. He's one of our old neighbors, but again, it is not about age. It's about the length of time you've been here. Hi. Hi. Well, I'm the old guy. (laughs) So... uh, didn't realize how much difference there is between your first speaker and me. Yeah, but she warmed up the audience for you. <laughs> oh, well, it's so I've, nice uh, to have you here. I know about some of the questions you're going to ask me, so 
I brought a little bit of information in my Perfect. pocket. Will you still let me ask them just because it gives me something to do? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so, Chuck, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you spend your, how you spend your days. Wow. It's how I spend my days is mm-hmm. quite different. But I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I was raised in the Pentecostal church. Uh, and uh, I have uh, four kids. I have uh, three sons and one daughter. And uh, they all live out of town. Uh, and I've traveled many places in uh, Canada and uh, mainly BC. But. Um, I had done many things, mainly in management or junior management, and uh, so when I got here, I had come here to go into partnerships with my brother Lou, and uh, I brought the family with me, and I bought an orchard. Actually, I bought an orchard two days before I told my wife. But we had had wanted to move out of Prince George. Um, I was on the school board up there, and I found out that uh, there was an investigation going on in the high school, the senior high school, with drugs. And uh, we had actually uh, seen a fellow outside our house with the elementary school coming through the bush, actually on on a trail, and uh, obviously trying to sell drugs. And we actually had a policeman come to our door and ask to use the basement so he could observe that. Uh, He later came back and found one with a little bit better view. And, uh, but uh, within a day or two, uh, that fellow was no longer selling there. Mm. So that's really- How you got here. That's really where I'm at. Okay. And how did Erickson Covenant become your church home? Very interesting. I'm glad you asked that because I only found out about six, six months ago how this happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, that's great. My daughter um, was in a class. I guess she just started high school. And she was in a class with some girls who were learning to play bridge. And she found out that uh, those, all those uh, girls went to this church. And so she's quite forward, so she might have asked to attend. Okay. (laughs) I really don't know. I didn't ask her that. Um, So she came to this church, and um, of course she needed a ride to church, I guess. I don't really remember, and... um, she brought uh, her three huh. brothers with her. Three of them, uh, or two of them, uh, decided to uh, come to, the, my oldest son was in grade 11, I think, about that time, grade 10 or 11, and he decided he had other things to do. But uh, the one thing that did come with uh, all the kids, of course, are uh, some instructions as to how they were to live life. Mm. And I believed in that. I had learned that in church. Okay. Uh, my problem is, of course, I hadn't followed that in life <laughs> all the time. Sure, yeah. So uh, 
when people talk about coming here as a sinner, I did mm. too. And uh, so that's sort of about my that's history at this point. Good, good, okay. And so um, if you came to church as a sinner, how did you come to love and follow Jesus? I went. How did you come to follow Jesus? That was quite easy, really. I had uh, a lot of the things that I had taught my kids really came out of my education from uh, church and from Sunday school. And I, my parents were Christians, and so I had raised, been raised that way. And uh, we, I got involved here with a program called Alpha. And I loved Alpha. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, two or three things uh, brought me to Jesus, really. Alpha did, but also I had uh, met Tom. And um, so I had come out back out here, actually. But um, really it was uh, from what I had remembered and... Um, that uh, my son, uh, second son, had written me. I found this was about 16 years ago. I had Tom come visit me on Tuesday. Hmm. And uh, a lot of things happened on Tuesday. Okay. And so it was really hmm. from there. And also my wife uh, took ill with cancer. And I realized uh, as uh, it, she was terminal, and I realized that really uh, uh, what happened was I was able to hold her in my arms at night, and uh, we always prayed. And I, mm. I had asked God many times to come into my life. Mm. And I really didn't know whether or not he really had come into my wife. I had changed my living ways and so on after she'd gone, and... Uh, I really didn't know that, but then when I went to Alpha, I certainly realized that I needed to ask Christ to come into my life. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that happened uh, really there was that uh, I accepted Christ and I lived what I thought was the right life, but... Uh, Somewhere along the line, and I was baptized in uh, beginning of April this year, and, but something seemed wrong. And so I asked Tom to come visit me uh, and, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and he said last Thursday is the day. And so I was doing a lot of thinking, and as, uh, as you know, I at one point in time, I realized at one uh, service that she was talking only to me. <laughs> and uh, so I put up my hand like she requests, and that's when she advised me, and she knew that at that time I had accepted Christ, I think, or was close to it. And um, she suggested that I take my sins and put them at, at Christ's feet. And so I said, and I did. And, um, but there was still something missing, or really, I, I just had uh, 
seemed wrong or something. So I asked Tom to come visit me. Now, one of the things I've enjoyed is both pastors and their preaching very much. And uh, you're not the first one who I uh, listened to and, uh, and realized they were talking <laughs> directly to me. Matter of fact, that was Tim Fretheim when the first time I attended church here. And I had the fruit stand at that time, and of course I was open on Sunday, and I came here, and he talked about keeping the Sabbath. Mm. At the end, he always went to the door and said goodbye to people, and when he saw me, he said, I apologize for having you walk into that, and, you know, <laughs> and I said, no, don't apologize. I said, I heard you. Mm. <laughs> I know mm. you were talking right to me. So on uh, on uh, Tuesday, actually on Monday, I realized that I had better decide what I really wanted to talk to, to uh, Tom about. And really what I'd asked about was I belong to Rotary. And we, uh, you, as a fundraiser, we use uh, bingo. And my question was really, am I aiding in gambling hmm. with bingo? And I did a lot of thinking, and all of a sudden I realized, you know, my wife enjoyed going to casinos. And so I realized we would go to Bonner's Ferry, and I would put up 20 or $40 to play bingo. And that was out-and-out gambling. Hmm. So I decided at that point that, I would no longer do that. Hmm. And um, then I started thinking about what both of you had been preaching about the last couple of weeks. And one of those was honesty. And uh, really, we talked about this the other night in mm -hmm. the small meeting. And I must admit that when Tom first talked about honesty, it didn't strike me as something very important because I had taught my kids honesty and truth. Mm -hmm. And that was two items that had just had to happen, and they all followed those items. But, however, on Monday night, I did a lot of thinking about honesty, and I wondered if there was something I was doing that was, it wasn't honesty, or somehow, and maybe that's what I was missing. And uh, and then you stood up in the next meeting and talked about honesty and mm. confession. Confession, yeah. So I thought, well, what haven't I, what haven't I told Christ about? And then I thought, Christ knows exactly mm. what I've done. And uh, I all of a sudden thought back, and 60 years ago uh, was a bad time for me as far as uh, religion is concerned and Christ is concerned. And uh, I realized then that for quite a few years, the devil had got a hold of me, really. And I hadn't done what I knew I should do. The other thing that happened in my life was that I seemed to know when I, uh, when I was go doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some years, I think there's somebody in here I've told this to, 
for some years, I thought it was my mother as a guardian angel, mm. really. And it wasn't until through my life I all of a sudden realized that God was involved. Huh. He's, he's sort of the one talking yes. to you. Yeah. So when uh, the other thing that got well uh, was uh, just uh, a couple of things and uh, – when I started thinking on that Sunday, or uh, Monday at least, on Monday, I realized that I'd done quite a bit of praying. Mm. And so I realized that I knew what was missing, and that was that I hadn't really uh, confessed to those things that happened 60 years before. Mm. So when Tom arrived on Tuesday morning, I said, Tom... Uh, we're not going to talk about what we were going to. Why I asked you here, <laughs> and so we talked about what I'd prayed about huh. the night before, and That's that good. was to ask God to forgive me, really, for those sins that I'd done, and uh, I felt that He had the huh. weight was off me actually, and Tom prayed for me, and so. That's where I'm at today. Yeah, that's a very powerful example of yeah. what God's been doing in this season, isn't yeah. it? And the other thing I realized was that uh, because uh, God has been looking after me. Now, I think many of you know that I lost a lady that I loved last Christmas, right? And Faye was something that came into my life, and so... Mm -hmm. But I have some memories, and that was really uh, what also happened at uh, Alpha, right? Yeah. Because I, I was asked if I would bring her to Alpha, so I drove over here every day. So Look out if we ever <laughs> ask you to bring someone to church, because you're very <laughs> likely to fall in love with them. Okay, everybody be careful about that. <laughs> yeah. At one point... I, uh, Pastor here suggested maybe that would be part of an advertisement. For I Alpha. think, <laughs> I think we could see some high numbers. Yeah, Chuck, I, I'd like to, I'd like to pray for you. Is that okay? So yes, that we certainly. Can, yeah, let's uh, let's pray for Chuck. <laughs> Jesus, uh, as I've heard Chuck reflect on this um, over the past couple of weeks, I keep thinking. I hope I grow up to be like Chuck uh, so that I am learning always and that I am open and, and sensitive to the movement of your spirit and that I'm trying new things and bringing new things to light. Um, I bless that in him. I pray that you would continue to lead him, to take him into new adventures um, and new realizations as he walks with you. We pray all of those things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for coming. That was so fun. Good job. Okay. Thank you. It is, that's, man, thank you. All of you. Kezia is in Sunday school now, but she feels our thanks. Um, I I love hearing those stories. I really love hearing how God is at work in your lives. I want to ask you all of you to just take a moment and and 
and remember, recall something that you want to make sure you hang on to that you heard from those stories. And then to take a moment and consider, what is God teaching you in this season of your life? I loved hearing Colleen say, Ooh, I don't want to. I don't want my anxiety to get transferred to my kids. I want to live different than that. I loved hearing Chuck say, "It turns out there's confession that I need to do from 60 years ago. I'm still learning about that. That's powerful. What's God teaching you in this season of your life?" I want to really encourage you when you stay for coffee today to uh, take the chance to meet those three neighbors. Colleen's looking for a dinner invitation. And, uh, <laughs> and Chuck might be too. I don't know. So um, I, I want to just encourage you, take the opportunity to meet them. And anybody else that you meet to ask, what is God doing in your life right now? That's a great opportunity. We are going to get ready to receive communion now. Um, we celebrate this sacrament together to remember the way that Jesus entered into our real lives, right? Our farm when the cows broke the pen and the sheep got into the grain and, and entered into our real lives when the shoes are all over the front hall and our real lives when we're driving someone to Alpha and that turns into a beautiful part of our story. God entered into those and changed everything. So Tom's going to join me here, and uh, we'll lead you in the communion liturgy.